Thank you so much for listening to another Upper Podcast. We're so excited that you've been listening, sharing with your friends. It's one of the greatest blessings you can do for us is to get the message and the word out. We're so excited that we were able to talk about purpose and urgency. But one of the things we really believe in is freedom. We see a lot of people, they don't live in freedom. And it's simply because they don't understand it. We're really excited to get into the topic of freedom, where freedom is in your life, every level of freedom for your life. And it's going to be another, another compact one. So make sure you're ready to receive and hear what's going on. But we really believe that people don't have freedom because they don't know it's available for them. Like if I had a million dollar check with my name written on it, but I didn't know about it, it's worthless to me. And I think a lot of people live their Christian lives just like that. They have all this freedom written out for them that God paid for through his son, Jesus, but they just don't know about it and they don't know how to, how to have it and receive it in their own life. So we're excited to talk about that with you today. And actually you find in Matthew chapter one, verse 21, Jesus's mission from heaven when he came, this was an angel was talking to, to his mother, Mary, and he said, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. That word save is sozo, S-O-Z-O, which is to deliver, to protect, or to be made whole. I love that Jesus came to, to make his people whole from their sins, that he had no sin, but because of him, we can now be made whole in every area of our life, our spirit, our soul, and our body. Yes, there's three parts of our body. Real quick, while you're sitting there, before I pass it off to my co-host, Zach, will you say this with me? I'm a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. We find this in 1 Thessalonians verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 23. Paul clearly laid out that you are a spirit, that's what's eternal, that has a soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, that lives in a body. And Jesus came to make all three of those whole. That really makes me think about John 11, where you hear Jesus yell, Lazarus, come out. Now, we know that Lazarus had been dead, and he was in the tomb, and that he had been bound up in grave clothes. Now, it shortly after he says, Lazarus, come out, it, it paints a picture for you that shows that his hands and his feet were bound. Now, he was back to life. He was made whole, but he was still bound. And I think that that's a real type and shadow of what we see today in the church is that there's plenty of people who come in, yeah. they're brought back to life, and they're made whole, but they spend the rest of their life marching around in grave clothes, just bound, afraid that they're going to fall back into the things well, that well. held them captive before. But you see, Jesus has called us to live free. It says, unbind him and let him go. See, when you accept Jesus into your life, not only are you brought back to life, not only are you made whole, but you are unbound and made free yeah. for the remainder of your life. That's, that's so good and it's so true. And like the three parts of us that are made whole and made free, the first is your spirit. I mean, that's what's washed clean. That's, that's the completed work of Jesus on the cross is that our sins have been washed away when we come, when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, according to Romans chapter 10. And that's what's eternal. And we can all agree that when we come to Jesus, our spirit is made whole. Yeah. Our spirit is washed clean. We can, we can all agree on that, but when we start to talk about our body and our soul, that's where some people have a real issue, and that's really where we see people fall back and fall away from following Christ. Is they're good, but some things get messed up along the way. And we want to talk about those things, your soul and your body, in a greater context real quick. You know, I think it's interesting to look at. A lot of people don't get 
they bind themselves up. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people will come to the altar on a Sunday and they'll get saved and they'll cry and they'll have the experience and they'll want to be set free. So they'll pursue Jesus and they'll chase after him. But after a certain period of time, they fall into like a space of inertia where they'll start listening to some of the same music that they used to listen to or watching the same movies that they used to watch, or using the same language that they used to use. And before you know it, these things that used to keep them bound, they slowly are opening the door and letting them back in and letting them back in. And, you know, that I think that's even worse than people not knowing that they're free, is that when people experience true freedom, but then they fall into that place where they open that door back up to just slowly let these things come back into their life through music, or through social media, or through Snapchat, or through movies or websites. These are all things that we open the door to and we're really just binding ourselves up. I mean, if you imagine this, imagine someone completely alive, sitting on the ground, binding themselves up in grave clothes. They would look absolutely foolish if you walked up on them. But how many times do we see that or do we do that in our own lives? Where we go through a season of real growth and real progression in our walk with Jesus and then something happens or something changes and we decide to start listening to that music again or it, even something that small to just open the door back up and start winding those grave clothes back on again and going back into the same bondage. We think we'll do it one last time. I haven't done it in a while and I've got one last time. I've just got to get it out of my system. But can I tell you that there is no such thing as one last time to get it out of your system. Every time you do it, you're inserting that thing back into your life, whatever it may be that's holding you bound. Well, it's crazy. Sabotage is such a real thing. Yeah. Like the Great Wall of China was only defeated, I believe, twice in its first like 100 years. <laughs> and it wasn't defeated by... Uh, the Mongolians, it wasn't defeated by digging under it, it wasn't defeated by a uh, force that, that tore through the middle of it, it was defeated by sabotage, by people being paid off and yeah. letting the enemy right through the lines. <laughs> and so many people let the enemy right through the lines, and we do that not in our spirit, but through our soul. We're a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And what happens is our spirit is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so many times we don't allow our mind, our will, and our emotions to be renewed by the Bible through the Word daily. It's funny, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, being transformed by the renewing. Those are, those are action words. We have to take action to have transformation and renewal. And that's through the Word. But most of the time we don't take action when we come to Christ or we hold on to things that we loved in the world. And you say, why? Well, I already took care of all these things. Well, we need to have all of these things washed and gone and completely removed so we don't create self-sabotage. Like, what's the point of serving Jesus for, for five months and then just going right back to the world or five right. years and right back to the world or yeah. 50 years and right back to the world? It only happens when we don't take care of our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the Bible has a prescription for that. Now, we need to know before the prescription that shame has no power over you. Sin has no power over you. That our mentalities, they do have power over us, though. And yeah. Psalm 119, verse 11 is so powerful. It says, your word I have hidden in my heart, so I will not sin against you. Now, if we do a, a quick little look at what this verse is saying, is your word I have hidden. That word hidden means to store up 
or to treasure. So the psalmist is saying, I've treasured your word in my heart. But heart, if you look up the original language, means your mind, your will, and your emotions. So he's saying, I stored your word in my mind, in my will, in my emotions. So when my mind tries to lie to me, I can answer with the word. So when my will tries to go against God's will, I can answer with God's word, just like Jesus did when he was being tempted in the desert. Yeah, or when my emotions start acting up, I can get myself in line because I know the word of God. But most people, they don't know the word, and that's why they miss the mark. Sin is simply missing the mark. And he said, I treasured your words in my yeah. mind, my will, and my emotions, so I don't miss the mark. And that's the goal is to just not miss the mark. I want to be with Jesus every day. I want to grow closer in Jesus every day. And a key to that and remaining in that so we don't go back to that lifestyle of sin or those mistakes or those things is to renew our mind daily through the word so we can store up, treasure up, and not miss out on what God has called us to do. One thing that I definitely want to shine a light on today and bring right to the forefront, I think it could be the most demonic thing that goes through the body of Christ today, is this supernatural hyper-grace movement that everybody's moving on. And it really shows a lack of biblical knowledge to think that. And the danger in thinking like that is you fall into a slump where you end up going around the same mountain again, where it's not so much that you've done something wrong and you come with a repentant heart, but now you almost come to Jesus as not, Lord, I'm sorry, and I will not do it again, but Lord, I'm sorry that I was caught. And you know that you've fallen into a dangerous place when the thought that comes through your head is, if I do it now and apologize later, all will be okay. And you see, we circle around that same mountain every time to the point where it almost, the guilt completely goes away and we become callous to it. It makes me think, when I was younger, me and my brother, we were at my parents' house, and sometimes they would leave me home alone to watch him. And we had a closet that was in the living room that for whatever reason there was a lock on the knob on the closet. So I used to think it was funny to put my brother in that closet and lock the door. <laughs> and what I would do, he would want to get out and the knob would be locked. So I would tell him, oh, I unlocked it. You can come out now. And he'd grab the knob and it was locked. Well, after enough times of me telling him it was unlocked, when I finally did unlock it, I would have to open the door because he wouldn't even try to get out anymore. He was convinced that I wasn't going to unlock the knob. And see, it's the same thing when we go around that mountain every time. We, uh, we eventually reach a point where hearing that Jesus sets you free and hearing that he will release you from this bondage, it just becomes monotonous noise to our ears because we say, I've served Jesus, but I keep doing this thing over and over and over again. But you see, the problem is not always the devil. If you're not in your word and you're not in prayer, it's not an attack from the devil. It's simply a lack of offense. No team has ever won a game without sending their offense onto the field. You can't win unless you have the knowledge to move forward. So see, if you think that you can just do whatever it is that you'll please to make you happy now for a temporary state, as long as you apologize later, you've completely missed the mark. And that really touches back on, you know, where we were two weeks ago, is that who knows when Jesus is coming back? And that really is the lifestyle where we live that we think he isn't coming back soon, so I always will have time to apologize. And it's a dangerous circle that the devil has people really bound and pulled into. I don't need to study now. 
I don't need to pray now. I don't need to live righteous now. I don't need a holy lifestyle today. I'll do it when I'm older. I need to have fun. These are the years where I'm supposed to do what I want, and I'm supposed to be able to live my life and have my fun. And like my parents did, I'll get right when I get older. But see, we don't have time left for thought like that. And if you have real biblical knowledge, you'll be able to look at where we're at in the timeline and say, I don't have time to play these games and go around the mountain hundreds of times expecting a different outcome. Yeah, it's true. And Jesus really did come to, to make you completely whole in your spirit, your soul, and your body. We believe in healing. He came to make your body whole. We find this all throughout the scriptures that his goal and his intention is to heal his people. So we just want to encourage you today. You don't have to go around the mountain as Zach was saying. You don't have to sabotage yourself like the Great Wall of China. But the key in this is to get into your word. And so many people are bored by the word. I think if you're bored by your word, you've only tried to read it once or twice. And I want to encourage you to sit with a pastor, sit with a friend, sit with somebody, and really start to learn how to read the Bible and how to treasure that word up. The Bible says to meditate on it, to speak in it, not to to let the, the word depart from your mouth. And when you can do these things, your ways will be made prosperous. And we want your way to be prosperous in the Lord. And we really believe that God has called you to turn the world upside down, but it'll never happen if you have to go back and forth to that sin. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it says, can you sit at the table of the devil and the table of the Lord? Or can you drink from the cup of the devil and the cup of the Lord at the same time? The answer is no. We, we see this all throughout the scripture. So I want to encourage you to get in your word, to, to get into prayer and really start to go after Jesus. And when you can do that, you can see those chains broken, those things torn off, and you can have that sozo wholeness that Jesus died for in your life. We want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Um, again, if you could share this, like this, let some friends know, that would be amazing. And we're looking forward to seeing you July 26th through the 28th in Elmira, New York for the Upper Road Conference. For more information on that, go to theupperroad.org. It is completely free, and we believe it is for any believer that's from 7th grade all the way to the age of 30, youth and young adults. If you're anywhere in the area, we'd love to host you. And even if you're not anywhere in the area, we believe that there's a way you can be here as well. Thank you. Young people of God, are you listening? Disciples don't go with the flow. We're in the world, but we're not of it. We don't leave this place the way we found it. Through Christ, we turn the world upside down. It's The Uproar, coming July 26th through the 28th to First Arena in Elmira, New York. The Uproar. This conference exists to ignite your passion, define your calling, and launch you to action for the kingdom. Experience incredible worship, breakout sessions, and messages. He wants those people saved just like you want them saved. We need to return to this heart of, even though I can't see how my school is going to be changed, at your word I'm going to preach, at your word I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. God, at your word, I will. Plus concerts with artists Cannon and Gavi. This event is absolutely free. For more information, go to theuproar.org. Be the generation to change the world. Be His Uproar.